0: Out of Your Own Way with Brittany A. Johnson is a podcast where we learn all of the ways we trip, stumble, and get in our own way, and what we can do to get out of it. I want to insert this disclaimer that while I am a licensed mental health therapist, this is not therapy. This is not a substitute for therapy. This is, however, something that you can listen to to give you some insight, give you some ideas, some things to think about, and work with the therapist in your local area, if you need one. Stay tuned for today's episode conversations in recent settings the term vulnerable has been thrown around and vulnerability as well has been thrown around so i thought why not do a podcast on vulnerable being vulnerable or what vulnerability looks like in our lives so to start what is vulnerable what does it mean what does it look like so the definition we're going to go on is one by the famed researcher dr brene brown and she defines vulnerable as those uncertain moments between uncertain events or between between events in general and so how does that show up what does that look like so for many people it shows up in numerous categories but the common areas that we're going to kind of talk about in this podcast are when it shows up in your business if you're a business owner your feelings um, your children making transitions especially when your children are kind of leaving the house whether they're going to college or they're moving into their own first homes and then racial related topics Those are the kind of common areas that being vulnerable shows up. And also one big one that I just, you know, want to also add in there is in relationships in general. So most people, when you think about being vulnerable, they typically, you know, stay right at the relationship word, right? Or they stay right at, um, I need, I can't be vulnerable with my partner or I need to be vulnerable or my partner wishes I was more vulnerable. So those are the kind of common ways that we typically hear it come up. But then there's also these other sides about, like in business, right? So sometimes when you're doing certain types of business, you do have to have a little bit of vulnerability in terms of making contracts, in terms of kind of putting yourself out there when you do need more, or when you are trying to kind of move to the next level or get an increase in business or an increase in clients. So you you are kind of vulnerable in that space because you're really just not sure what's gonna happen, right? Like. You could put something out there and then it'd be rejected, not necessarily rejected because you're not good enough, but typically that's what gets sparked when something that we are trying to do is not perceived well or not received by the people we want it to be. We start to see it as, maybe we're not good enough. So when you're vulnerable... In those spaces, it really can tap on that not good enough, that undeserving, the not worthy category or or part of your brain. It also can be kind of a superpower for some people, right? You can meet some people or you will meet people who are able to be vulnerable in just about every area of their life. They just kind of walk around with this kind of shame-free existence. And it's almost something to be admired in a sense, because when you think about, again, the definition of that feeling that comes up in in between moments when you're uncertain, to be able to walk around and not worry about the shame or potential shame or, you know, perfectionism or what the world may say, that's kind of a superpower in a sense. And so you see people who do that often, but for the majority, for most of us, that is not our lane. That is not our world. That is not our um, championship We can't kind of claim that as our banner of honor, right? So the rest of us kind of fall into the other part about how it's very hard to be vulnerable. And so when I started thinking about kind of where that comes from, I really started thinking about one big area is that shame, right? So we know that shame is kind of the embarrassment or the feelings that happen because we know that our family has a certain value system or we have a certain value system and whatever we're doing Is not matching that at the moment. Even if it's just a temporary for five minutes, 10 minutes, you know, that it's not going to match. It still leaves you kind of in this vulnerable spot and then you are afraid of the shame so you don't do it. So maybe you miss out on opportunities that you say you wanted. Maybe you don't say the thing to your friend or family member that you really want to say because of that shame, because of what could happen. The other one is typically that it's kind of a trauma response. So something you've experienced in the past is, typically making you be vulnerable in the future for that same category. And so when we think about this kind of trauma response or even the shame response, we start looking at things like people who have experienced in their childhood or even as adults where someone publicly embarrassed them, right? A few years ago, we saw an increase in videos of parents posting how they were, you know, disciplining their children who did something, you know, that was against the family values or against how they were raised. And in all these videos, it was something either where the parent went to school and made a scene or walked around with the child just to be kind of an embarrassment, or we saw even some of those extremes where we saw parents who were cutting their kids' hair, cutting their clothes, and doing kind of all types of, all things like that, that, you know, in the parent's mind was was good discipline and teaching their child to not do it again. But in reality, what it was doing was diminishing their ability to be vulnerable in the future, because if my own parent can do this to me, then I ha- there's no telling what someone who doesn't know me or someone who barely knows me would do with the same information or same situation. Later in their life, whether it be when they get to adulthood or even just older children, or you know, they go from middle school to high school or high school to college, that experience is still planted in their minds. And so anytime they start to do something that kind of goes against the values or against what they think they should be doing, this kind of shame shows up, this um, inability to be vulnerable shows up. And while again, some parents will say that that is exactly what they wanted, um, and that's what makes you know a good child because they'll remember not to do it again, we have to keep in mind that it, it diminishes again their ability to be vulnerable, which will impact their relationships in the future, whether we're talking about personal relationships, family relationships. It also business relationships, it will show up in all those areas. It will make it harder for that person to trust that someone is going to hear what they're saying, see what they're doing and not see it in a negative light and not feel the need to publicly shame them. And so one great example I've noticed with that area of being afraid of being embarrassed or afraid of being outed is when you see people who make statements online about, you know, I'm gonna be grinding underground and working behind the scenes and then pop out with something. And typically when you dig deeper into that or you're in a space like I am as a therapist to kind of ask questions deeper about what is it about? What is it that makes you feel like you need to do that? You'll start to get answers and responses around. I don't want anybody to embarrass me before I've made it. I don't want anybody to know that I can't do something or, or think that I can't do something or think that I'm not good enough. That's a huge one that comes up in finances. Comes to the category of finances, there's a large number of people who are unable to be vulnerable about that. So you'll see people who talk about wanting to clean up their credit or wanting to, you know, finance or buy something new. But when it comes time to start talking about, well, how much do you make? How much debt do you have? What are your spending habits? People typically are unable to be vulnerable in there, right? So you want to get really private. And so when you think about being vulnerable, again, It kind of goes into this kind of shame area. It also kind of starts to play into uh, secrets and things that you just feel like people shouldn't know. When in reality, some of these areas are are things that it's their job and it's their place to help you. And if they have the correct information, then they can do something with it and they can help you out and help you get where you're trying to go. What about the other type of people that you see or that you meet or especially if you watch a lot of TV or if you are into kind of reality TV you can see that some stars, some celebrities, just everyday people are able to be vulnerable about certain topics, but then there's these other ones that you would think as a person wouldn't be bothersome, but really is something that is a bother to them. And I learned a long time ago as a therapist that if you have someone that comes into your office and they are openly talking about different uh, abuses that that occurred in their life, childhood, sexual traumas that they experienced, if they're open and able to talk about that in the first session, then there's likely a lot of other stuff that they are vulnerable about that might even be more intense than what they've already experienced. And sometimes that comes off as shocking to some. But when you think about it and you think about how being vulnerable for some people is that superpower, that shows up in those areas. So there are some people who have, because they've been victimized or because they've been victims of abuse, they are able to be open and honest and talk op- you know, freely about what they experienced but if you start asking them questions about, well, how are you making your bills, getting your bills paid? How are you making sure that you've got food each day? They, are, they will clam up and not be able to talk about those types of topics. As where you might be like, oh, I can talk about that all day long, but don't ask me anything about a past relationship or anything about where my heart was broken because I'm just not going to talk about that at all. And so when you start digging again into what is that, what is that about? It still goes back to kind of that shame, um, kind of that also those past feelings and experiences, perfectionism starts to show up in there, Uh, the pressure to make sure that you aren't negatively impacting others and things like that, that also starts to show up in those spaces as well. So what about other examples or definitions of the word vulnerable? The other one that really comes to mind or is very commonly known is when you think about being in a position where your guards are down. That can be whether you are in the military and you hear, you know, that we're in a vulnerable position because we don't have surrounding, we don't have coverage. That also can be in terms of like um, any type of area where you are open and, and in space where you don't have a place to take cover. You don't have an ability to kind of protect yourself. That also is a form of being of being vulnerable or what we call vulnerability. So kind of being in danger, so to speak. So when you think about that and you add into what we've kind of already talked about, those really do go hand in hand because for a lot of people, when they are feeling vulnerable in their relationships or in their businesses or with their you know, life changes, it often feels like they are under attack. It often feels like that they are just kind of left out in the cold without a coat, without a blanket, without a shelter in sight. And so what do you think that does to someone over time? Well, one of the things that it does over time is it causes us to be more rigid. It causes us to be in spaces where We do not have empathy or the ability to even have empathy for other people around us or even people that we don't know. So we have all been privy to, you know, different things that have happened in the media, whether we're talking about the Will Smith and Jada Pickett situation, or we're talking about Kanye West and his ex-wife situation. Everyone kind of has an opinion. And what I've noticed a lot is that there are a lot of people who are really kind of projecting their own stuff onto what those situations actually are. And so often that comes because they are not able to be vulnerable or we are not able to be vulnerable because whatever they're experiencing may trigger something that we have experienced in our past or that we've watched someone close to us experience. And so again, as a result of that, it tends to make us be more hypervigilant or in very rigid and always operating kind of out of a space of fear and defense. Because if you think about my guard is down and I'm left vulnerable, the number one thing that you want to do is protect yourself and build your guards up. And so if it's not a situation where you're physically vulnerable or you physically can't do it, and it's more about the emotions, even if it's something that's not directly related to you, it still will kind of trigger you and impact you. And so the next thing you want to do is kind of put some armor around yourself. And what's the best way to put armor around yourself to shut it down? to act like it doesn't bother you or to be very dismissive of what you think someone should be experiencing. The other piece of that is that we often have our own experiences. And so when we see someone that is going through something that we consider mild or we consider insignificant, it is very easy for us to call them out or say that they're weak or say that, you know, that they don't need to be vulnerable, that that's not even a topic to be vulnerable about. When in reality, It's not for us to say what someone should be vulnerable about and what someone shouldn't. Like I mentioned earlier, there are people who can talk openly about their past traumatic experiences, but cannot talk to you about their current feelings, about their current relationships, about their current experiences in their jobs. The other area that this kind of comes up and I mentioned in the beginning was in those racial related or race related topics. And what I mean by that is when people start talking about the microaggressions that they experience at work or those assaults or those, you know, invalidations and things like that, to be able to talk to someone else and leadership about that is a very vulnerable spot. Because for many people, the fear of retaliation is so big and such a large thing that to be vulnerable in that space is impossible. To even want to be vulnerable in that space is impossible. And then when you add in the idea that shame also kind of comes into play there and, and letting someone down, All of those things typically show up when someone is experiencing that and they are deciding if they want to or need to talk to somebody else about it. And it's easy for people to kind of talk to their circles about it. Well, I say it's easy, but in reality, I've heard from many people who come into my office that say that they don't have anyone in their lives that they can talk to certain things about because they're afraid of being judged. They're afraid of letting someone down. They're afraid of appearing weak and AKA vulnerable. And so they won't talk about these things with people. And so we work really hard in sessions to build that trust so that they can know that in this space, it's okay to talk about it. In this space, it's okay to kind of have that those those moments and have and talk about those things because there's no judgment in there. And what we do in therapy is we work on ways to help you be vulnerable in those spaces if you need to or help you put armor up if you need to, because there are situations where you need to be vulnerable especially in relation to relationships. Well, again, whether these are intimate partner relationships or these are friendships or familiar relationships, it's important sometimes to be vulnerable. Could you imagine being in a relationship with someone who never shares their feelings, who always seems to be cold and turned off and distant? That right there alone can trigger you to, to feel like you can't be vulnerable. Actually, it will trigger you to feel like you are vulnerable because you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what that person's thinking. And on the flip side or same side, it causes you to kind of put up heavy defenses and put up heavy armor to make sure that you aren't harmed by their potential behavior because you don't know what to expect. So imagine being in relationships with like, like that. Imagine working next to someone and your job is to partner with them in these these projects and they never ever share they never talk about what they're feeling what they're thinking they're very dismissive of everything that also can leave you feeling vulnerable and we typically see when people are left in to be vulnerable for too long anxiety sets in and then after the anxiety sets in again you go into that kind of hyper or that always on guard that's kind of what that means or you go into the feeling the need to always protect yourself as well so then the next relationship you enter, again, not necessarily romantic, but the next relationship you enter, now you've got these guards up and you're not able to be vulnerable at all in those. So you're not able to tell a single person or tell that person what you actually are feeling, what you actually are thinking. And that can spin out in so many different ways. And one way can spin out that you are kind of suppressing yourself and you're having to hold those things in, which means that you have to do things to hold those things in because our brain and body wants to release stress they want to it wants to release pain and pressure but if you are unable to say how you feel then you're doing additional things to kind of keep that in it also can be that you just kind of start lashing out at everyone that you meet or everyone around you those also are are the negative outputs of when we're not able to be vulnerable when we don't feel safe in situations and by safe i mean that emotional safety the ability to know that if you say something to this person that they're not going to judge you or they're not going to embarrass you or shame you for the way that you're feeling and if it's a trauma response it's equally important that you work with the therapist or work with the coach if it's not as severe or even some self-help books or you know courses and things like that to learn how to be appropriately vulnerable to learn how to kind of calm your body down so that you can say what you need so that you can get your needs met. And by needs met, I don't mean that selfish piece, I mean that ability to say what you need to say to someone, to be able to speak freely, to be able to feel open and safe in your settings and in your relationships. So kind of a couple of things that you can do if you feel vulnerable or you feel like you can't be vulnerable or you're just kind of in that space. Thing number one too is really assess the situation. Ask yourself, is is my body and brain reacting to something from the past or is it actually about the situation and then ask yourself are we actually okay are we in a safe space and safe again can be physical but more so emotional are we in a space where we can walk away are we in a space where we can actually act on or do something about what we're feeling so those are kind of those ways of things that you can do in the interim But if you really find yourself struggling, I definitely recommend that you reach out to a professional so that you can be in a safe environment to actually process some of those old things or process those experiences that are causing you to feel like you can't be vulnerable or feel like you don't deserve to feel safe and feel seen in your situations. Until next time. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you found the episode insightful and helpful to you on your journey please hit the subscribe button and also leave a rating and a comment if you are listening on iTunes and Spotify. If you'd like to stay connected with me, please follow me on social media at Brittany A. Johnson LMHC on Instagram and LinkedIn and Brittany A. Johnson on Facebook. You should also head over to my website and subscribe to the mail list so that you can stay fully connected and be first to know when something new is coming out. And that's Brittany A. Johnson.com. Until next time.